Bitch, I'm dead fresh. I might pull up in a casket. Come on, bro. Fruit basket. Spit a couple raps. I get a check and Johnny Cash. Remember, guys, don't take us too seriously. We're just some bros being dudes talking sports. Presented by the Wolfpack Productions and the presenting sponsor, the Townsend Bar and Grill. Your one-stop shop for great food, great prices, and great times all the time. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Bros Being Dudes Talking Sports. We got an exciting episode for you guys today. It's going to be a good one. We got a little bit of MLB news to talk about, some NBA news to talk about. We'll touch on the weekend that was in college football. Of course, we'll break down the the Week 12 NFL slate. Uh, We got our recurring segments, the good, the bad, and the unlucky, uh, as well as your stupid. Um, But first, there's, there's a gigantic elephant in the room, Cheek. And it's sitting right over your right shoulder or left shoulder, I guess. Uh, what the heck happened to UK? They can do nothing on offense. Is what happened. It's yeah, I figured they would struggle against some, a bad team because that's how it always goes, especially this year where you had a little, very little practice time. But like, it's definitely rough to see. Uh, I don't think the one or done is really working anymore. Uh. Based on what I saw against Richmond, it's not working at all. I mean, that was embarrassing. Like, yeah. I'm not—I'm obviously not a UK fan, but I was just last episode talking about how I think that they had a chance to like make some noise. But you know, you got Boston, you got Isaiah Jackson. I thought they were going to really be able to make some noise when it comes tournament time. With what I saw against Richmond over this weekend, it, it might not matter about tournament time. They're just lucky to going to be in the field. Yeah, uh, which, based on how they play now, is not great because, like, they'll get better throughout the season like every team does. But I don't know. I don't know what to expect from them. I f- they could be an early exit in the, in the NCAA tournament, and if they're bad enough, who knows? Might be a repeated 2013 where they didn't make the tournament. Well, that team, but then this team has also kind of given me, like, uh, what was his name? Harrison Young, I think his name was. The dude that played James, uh, Young. James Young when they went on that miracle run uh, and went to the final against UConn. Yeah. Like, it kind of feels like that team in a way. Like, they have all the talent in the world to do something, and they just don't put it together until late, and then they'll start to get hot in the tournament. So maybe it's one of those teams, but, man, based on what I saw, I mean, they just have no big presence at all. They got out-rebounded by a team that is so much smaller than they are. They couldn't play any perimeter defense. Like, I, I honestly, if you're a U.K. fan, like, yeah, it's early in the season, like you said, but, like, that has to scare you a little bit. It does. But the thing, though, about Richmond is that I know Cody would be all, all over me for saying this because this, this is what he does. But, I mean, they're not a bad team. Their friend, their friend is top 25. They're just outside the top 25. They're, very, they're a veteran team. Well, now they think, are. Now they are ranked. They are, now they are ranked, up yeah. to 19th today. Yeah, yeah, eight I, I saw that, yeah. But, yeah, I don't think the UK is a top 25 team, though, based on what I've seen. But uh, tomorrow night against Kansas will be very telling. I think that's kind of scary. For, for UK fans, because like the one thing about being so young is like when you're going, when things are going great and you're a young team, you're flying high, everything's smooth sailing. When you're bad and you still have all that talent, do the wheels fall off like they did in 13 with Netherlands Noel 
and then they just really fall off and the bus doesn't like just spin out of control it like explodes and like there's your season already yeah it'll be something to watch for sure i don't know what to expect from them but uh, hopefully they can at least be serviceable <laughs> i mean it does help that like virginia lost as well to san francisco so like that really helps the cats cuz <clears throat> While people are still going to talk about it because it's UK, like the main focus of this past weekend was San Francisco beating Virginia because Virginia had national championship aspirations as well. Like they were supposed to win the ACC by a lot. Yeah, I think you'll see a lot of a lot more upsets coming up too because like these people haven't practiced together for very long. It's just it's just yeah. tough. Well, I can't really like Syracuse almost lost to Bryant University. I've not even heard of Bryant University. At least I've heard of San Francisco and and Richmond. Like they're all they're both in the tournament consistently often. And Bryant University is like uh, maybe a namesake after Kobe, like just founded this year. Like I really don't know. Yeah, but uh, no, that so that's a, that's going to wrap up our college basketball talk. We do have a college basketball podcast dropping very soon. We're going to let college football die down a little bit because it's going to be about the same people. Uh, so it's going to be myself, Izzy J, Joshy, uh, and Papaw Cody uh, going <laughs> to hop on that, and that is going to be called Nothing But Nylon. So make sure you guys keep an ear to the streets about that. Uh, we'll have an episode once a week breaking down all the college basketball news that you need. Uh, and, of course, it's going to be a Wolfpack style. But uh, let's switch it over. We do have some MLB talk to uh, to get through as well. So if you look, Cheeky, your Reds, they made a little bit of a nice move today. They shipped Stevenson to the Rockies in a four-player deal. Does this get the needle moving for you at all, or does it really does it matter to you much? No, it's kind of a nothing deal. Uh, I mean, Stevenson was our first-round pick back in 2011, I think, and he had a lot of aspirations. He's really disappointing his first like six, seven years with the team, but he yeah. finally came on as a bullpen presence the last couple of years, and he's been decent. But like, he's basically a a guy that would come in in the six whenever you were up by five or losing by five. He was one of those guys. He yeah. he wasn't he wasn't bad, but I, they traded him just just because they knew they weren't going to be able to get him back. I think is the reason. Well, honestly, if I'm the Reds, I don't know if I want him back. So I'm looking at a stat sheet right here. So last year he made 59 appearances. Uh, he went 10 and 13 over his career with the Reds, uh, with a 5.15 ERA across 104 appearances. Uh, that's that's not it's not great. His few, his first few appearances, though, he's he's coming on as a starter, and he really struggled in that starting role. His last few years when it, with, with the bullpen, he did much better. Better, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the guys that they got back is just horrible. Jeff Hoffman, dude <laughs> yeah. has a lifetime nine point two eight ERA. Like, I don't understand that at all. Like, why why would you even consider taking that guy on? I guess it's just because they didn't want to. They didn't want the contract anymore. They knew they were going to lose him, and they wanted to get something for him rather than nothing. Is what I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's not great. Um, that guy, he was actually fun fact. That guy was actually involved in the uh, Troy Tula whiskey deal mm -hmm. uh, when they sent him to the Blue Jays. Yeah. So, uh, but no, there's that. Um, the other thing I think you're going to kind of like this. Uh, Adam Wainwright said he is uncertain of his future in St. Louis. What What do you think about that? I mean, obviously a divisional foe losing probably their best pitchers to this day. Um, you, does that get the that definitely gets some blood moving down in the yeah. below the belt for sure. Mm -hmm. Not having to deal yeah, with him for anymore. sure. Wainwright has been a thorn in the side of the Reds and all the NL Central teams for the better more than a decade now. 
uh, he's been he's been great for him, but he's getting kind of old. In the last few years, he's not been the same as he used to be. So uh, it's definitely good to see him gone, though. But I'm sure the Cardinals just will just uh, get somebody else that's just as good because that's what they do. All the, I mean, they're one of the best run um, organizations in all of baseball. Without um, question, yeah. I mean, it's like them, the Yankees, really the Dodgers, um, not even the Red Sox anymore. It's like those are the three that, like, no matter what, they're still going to be talented. Like, I don't think any of them have a losing season in forever. Like, the Yankees' last losing season was, like, in 88. Yeah. Um. Though it's going to be it, like things are looking up for the Reds. Like people are going to be disappointed about this year's playoff performance, and rightfully so. I mean, no runs in twenty-four innings or something like that. Like that's just that's not acceptable. I mean, that's crazy, yeah. especially when you only gave up what six runs through two games, and six, uh, five of them were in game two uh, yeah. for the sweep. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, I've I've been seeing the Reds are looking. I've been seeing rumors they've been looking to make a move for somebody else big time, like they're going to trade for maybe like a Lindor or something they're looking at, uh, guys like that. Uh, or maybe get uh, the guy who used to play for the Yankees, I forget his name, the shortstop played for Philadelphia last year. Oh, D.D.? D.D., yeah. Get Which he was originally a part Cincinnati. of the Reds organization, yeah. yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. But, I, uh, but yeah. You're good. Go ahead. Okay. Um. Yeah, but uh, another thing to – Realize though, was Bowers probably gone. Uh, there were reports they were trying to trade Sonny Gray, which I didn't love to hear that. But <laughs> I, I don't know what to expect from him. I think uh, there was rumors we can, we're going to decrease the payroll because we had the, the highest payroll we've had in like maybe ever last year, and there were rumors they were going to decrease that. But by the sounds of it, I don't think they. So we'll I don't see what think, happens. I don't think they're going to decrease it just strictly because, like, the one thing about Castellini is he is frugal as, as shit. That, there's no doubt about that. But he realizes that if they win, he'll make more money. So, like, it kind of balances out and then some. Um, I'd be surprised if they – first of all, the reports did come out that they were looking to trade Sonny Gray. I don't think that that was ever going to happen strictly because like their asking price would have been astronomical for him. And Sonny is one of those guys, if he's in a really small market, he performs, but if he gets to an even medium sized market, he's just not very good. Like he had spurts in Oakland where he was phenomenal, but then he would also have spurts where he was trash. And in New York, his first season in New York, I thought he was going to win the Cy Young. And then he comes back the, the next year and the wheels just fall off. I mean, the guy threw probably like a five and a half ERA in Yankee Stadium, and that just can't happen. Like that is just not good. So, their asking price for him would have been crazy. Um, but I, I, so that really wasn't going to happen. I think that they're going to actually retain um, Bauer. Uh, you and think so? I do. I think Bauer's going to stay. I think he likes Cincinnati a lot. The other thing to look is, I think that. The the NL Central is going to be Reds dominated for a long time to come. Okay, so I the hope Cubs. You're right, it's just hard the, for me to believe. The Cubs lose Theo. Uh, the the Cardinals are still going to be the Cardinals. They're very good. The Brewers' talent is aging, so they're not going to be around forever. Um, I mean, the Pirates are the Pirates. Like they <laughs> they don't scare anybody. So like I do. I think I think the Reds will dominate that division for a long time coming. 
I hope you're right. Uh, the reason, uh, reason I don't think we'll get Bauer, he already turned down a $18.9 million offer sheet with us, which everybody knows he's going to get more than that. But I just don't know if the Reds are willing to go the top dollar to keep I think I think if they could get – if they sit down with Bauer and be like, look, we will give you $22 million, okay, $22 million a year for four years. Okay, and then we'll use the rest of the contract that you would have got elsewhere because he could probably get thirty a year in New York, pretty easily, or Boston or L.A. Whatever. Yeah. We will use the rest of that to put towards a contract to another big name like a D.D. like a Lindor. That way, we have more weapons. We can get you some run support because, like, the Reds' roster is pretty solid from top to bottom. The fact that they didn't score in the playoffs is kind of an anomaly. I don't think you're going to see many two-game stretches for the Reds where they don't score anything. Well, the whole year last year, they struggled on offense for some reason. If you look at the roster, they should not. But they, I think they hit 213 in the regular season, which was, I think was the, the lowest in history for a team, for a team in, the, in the regular season, if I'm not mistaken. Well, a lot of that has to do with, like, one – Great American is very much a pitcher's ballpark. Okay, people like to say that it's a hitter's ballpark. I disagree wholeheartedly. You get the draft definitely a hitter's ball. You get the draft off the river, dude. You can get that two seam move, and like I think that it it really can be a pitcher's ballpark at times. I guess like the home run numbers make you think it's a it's a hitter's ballpark, but I mean, in my opinion, you're either going yard or you're like lining out i don't think there's much in between so but anyway um i i think that like it's just has a lot to do with like timing and um missing all that time like they had to take what a couple weeks off because of covid in the middle of the season right Mm. so plus you got mike mustakas who who was out for like uh what six months or so Mm -hmm. to start the season so he was out for like the first 30 games and they only played 60 yeah i mean that's not great so, yeah, but, uh, yeah, that'll wrap up our baseball talk, too. Honestly, good discussion there. Um, I'm, I'm excited for the winter meetings to start. I really am excited yep. to see. Is there anyone, outside of the two names you mentioned, is there anyone that you really are excited to see where they sign? <clears throat> uh, I'm not fresh on the free agents that are out, th- out there this year. Uh, but... But we'll see what happens. I'm, there's always some. There's always a few shocking moves that happen that can really change up some playoff uh, races going down the stretch. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, all right, let's jump into uh, some NBA news. Um, we got uh, Hayward signing in Charlotte. We've not talked about that yet on the pod. Um, what do you think of that? I think that's awful. I don't think Haver was near was worth anywhere near four years, hundred twenty million dollars or what, whatever he got. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he played better in Boston last year than people give him credit for. I think he averaged like what like sixteen and seven or something. So like that's that's like an average that's like an average starter type of stat line, and the man's getting hundred twenty million dollars. From Charlotte, I just don't think it's worth it for Charlotte in any way. Uh, I was kind of baffled when he turned down the offer from the Cel- from the Celtics, and then he ended up signing a bigger deal. So, like, it's crazy. Uh, good for him, though. I mean, so 
the deal for the Hornets actually just got a lot worse because as I'm reading it right now, it was a sign and trade. So he signed that deal with Boston and Boston traded him to Charlotte for second round picks in 2023 and 2024 and a conditional 2022 second round pick. Like, yeah. Plus, plus this this deal, this sign and trade deal, just created twenty eight and a half million dollars in cap space for the Celtics. <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> there, I don't know. They're going to be putting that to use soon. I'm sure, though. I'm telling That's you it. what, people people like to talk crap about Danny Ainge. He's a wizard. Like he's definitely the best GM in all. Oh yeah, basketball. he's good. I don't think it's even close. I agree. Like, he is. The Kyrie deal is going to look like a black eye when it's all said and done for him, but yeah, oh, for sure, man, what? I mean, that's just wild. The man me. pulls off some wild deals. That's crazy. If you're Jordan, what are you doing? Like, I was it Jordan <laughs> or was it the GM? I mean, it was probably the GM, but Jordan had to okay it. Oh, that's just terrible. I can't get over that. It's crazy. I mean, I, I mean, I, I do wish him the best. I did like him prior to the injury. I thought he's very good, but I mean, I don't know. We'll see how it works out. I don't think it's gonna work out well for the Charlotte Hornets. No. Uh, something that definitely didn't work out well was Kentucky going into the swamp this weekend. You, know, <laughs> you want to touch on that one? Actually, you know what? I, I, I take that back because in the first half of that game. I really did. I thought that UK was going to win. I, I called the upset before the season started. I said UK would beat Florida. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. But you know what the, the turning point in that game was? That that punt. The stupid return punt return. Yep, right yeah. before halftime. As soon as lost. that happened, I was like, well, that's the game. There's no way we're coming back from that. And they didn't score another point. Uh, they could have shut the game off at halftime, and it would have been final either way because yeah. UK did not even have a pulse on offense after that. I mean, I knew it was over after that happened. I mean, and, like, the special teams was bad all day. Florida had a fake punt, too, that worked in the first half as well. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we don't have a special teams coach, which is something that's awful. We need to get Hold that record. What did you just say? UK does not have a special teams coach. Are you serious? That's a fact. That is 100% fact. Why? I don't know. It's stupid. It's another <laughs> dumb thing that Stoops does, I guess. It's, it's That's exactly right. It's stoops it. Like, it's just... It's... Then, they end up killing us because special teams has been... I mean, as bad as the offensive unit has been this year, the special teams has, has almost been worse. I mean, it definitely wasn't great. I, w- I remember I was watching that at work, and... As soon as I saw that punt return, I was like, yeah, that's probably going to be it. And you actually put in the group chat. You said, that's that's it. You said that <laughs> killed all momentum we had right at halftime. It could not have happened at a worse time. Yeah, it was awful. It was the worst case scenario for us. I, did, I really thought that they had a chance to win. They looked good in the first half up until that punt return, too, which is crazy. Like, I guess that is. That is sign of bad coaching that, like, if one play can dictate your whole game – Mm-hmm. You're just a poorly coached team. It, it is what it is. And that goes for any level. Like, if you give up a big play, fine. There's going to be more plays to play. Yeah. If you give up a big play and you fold, that 100% is coaching. Like, that's the culture you have. What's going to suck for UK is, like, they were recruiting really well for a while. 
Yeah. I don't think that continues. I think that it is going to be downhill from here. Like it's going to be like your your toboggan sledding. Like you're just. I'm just going to go ahead and say this. I, I could be wrong, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I think after next year, Stoops is fired. You think so? Yep. I think Grand's done after this season, and uh, I don't know what the future holds for UK, but. Uh, if I think of Stoops, I think there's a chance that Stoops might leave, honestly. I think there's a definitely a good chance of that, especially if his alma mater, Iowa, comes calling or something. That could happen. I don't see that happening, I, especially after I was ranked right now. Like, that's really not happening this year. I always got a decent little squad this year, so the only way that that job becomes open is if their head coach leaves, which is possible for sure. Yeah. But, now, there was a couple really, really good games this weekend. Like, Friday. Friday was such a blessing. Like, you wake up after being a little bit hungover from from Thanksgiving. You wake up, and you got Iowa State and Texas, which was what a phenomenal game. Texas jumped out to an early lead. Iowa State came roaring back. They knock off Texas at home, 23-20. Uh, to 20. Um, I, That just that makes my heart so happy. I hate Sam Ellinger with a pass. <laughs> I think he's very overrated, too. Uh, He's the big, garbage. Uh, the Big 12 is kind of wild this year. I don't know what's going on with that conference. Well, there's really only one team that like is any good, and it's Iowa State. Everyone else is pretty much trash, which, I mean, technically there's still an outside shot that Oklahoma or Oklahoma State could win the conference, but I highly doubt it at this point. Like Iowa yeah. State just seems to be head and shoulders better than everyone else. You know why? They're the one team in the Big 12 that actually plays defense. Yeah. That's nobody in Big Twelve has ever played any defense. I, it, it feels like, I mean, yeah. it's bad. No. Um, a couple more games we'll talk about. We're not going to go in too much in uh, in depth on these because we do have a college football show, Leather Weather. We record every Wednesday. Uh, make sure you guys are checking that out on YouTube. Um, it's me, uh, Izzy J, and Joshy. We go through every game. We break down. We give you winners. Uh, we update our Heisman watch. We give you our power rankings, and we give out our full gambling card. Uh, as a show right now, Cheek, listen to this. As a show, we are 70% win rate, all three of us combined. Pretty good. Like, that's Pretty ridiculous. Good. Yeah. Anything over 50% as a gambler, you're oh, on yeah. fire. 70% is astronomical. Like, we're on, like, Toby-level heater right now from last year. <laughs> Like he, yeah, we we are we are on fire. This past weekend, we all went positive. You guys gotta start nice. riding with us. We give out winners. Um, the one I I got this one wrong for sure. Uh, Notre Dame goes into Chapel Hill. Uh, they get a big win. Honestly, maybe a little bit of a Heisman moment for Ian Book. I don't know if he'll end up being a Heisman finalist, but uh, this kind of solidifies is Notre Dame legit or not. They win in Chapel Hill, thirty-one uh, seventeen. Did you get a chance to catch any of that game? Mm. I didn't, but I do like what I've seen from Notre Dame this year, and honestly, you can't wait for them and Clemson to match up again with 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 a healthy Trevor Lawrence. With a healthy Trevor Lawrence, I think that makes a huge difference. Honestly, um, all right. And then we got uh, Georgia going into South Carolina, absolutely putting it to them, proving why they should be the number nine ranked team in the country. I mean, you take away that loss to Florida with six injured defensive starters and uh injured midget at quarterback excuse <laughs> me with an injured uh midget at quarterback um 
I mean, they just look dominant right now. Like, they're running the ball very well. Dude, James Cook averaged 20 yards a carry in that South Carolina game. That's South Carolina is South Carolina's big bad right now. I don't know what's going on with him. But the question has to be posed here, Ian. Why was JT Daniels not starting from, from the very start? Why, why was he, he not? He didn't know the offense, and he was coming off an ACL injury. So Wasn't like, he cleared to play after week two or after week was. one? He was, but Kirby said Kirby put out a, a statement, and they're like, "Look, I am here to win ball games, and I did what was best for a not only the kid, but also for the program." And at that time, we felt like it was best for him to sit and learn. And mm-hmm. his parents, his like JT Daniels' parents, actually supported it. They were like, "We are so thankful that he didn't just throw him into the wolves and gave him time to like relax and gain confidence off the injury." That way he can like solidify himself as the starter moving forward because he got a, a fair chance. So, I mean, I I get what you're saying, and I wish that he it would have played out differently because this team right now, even with still four starters on defense injured, likely not returning for the season, they look to be dominant. Like right now, you can make the argument they are the fourth or fifth best team in the country, uh, because. The South Carolina team only lost to Florida at Florida in the swamp by 14. At home, got a 30 bomb put on their head by Georgia. Like, yeah, uh, <clears throat> JT Daniels only looks like looks like three times quarterback that uh, Stetson Bennett was. I mean, he he looks pretty good to be honest. Well, he's even that Mississippi State game, he's about three times his height. He's about even three times that, his height. <laughs> Mississippi State game, he looked really good too. His first start. Oh yeah. I would have just, I would have just liked to have seen what he could have done against Bama and Florida. Uh, Georgia yeah. make could could Georgia have won against Florida if he was in the game? One hundred percent. Like not even a question. You see what that defense is at Florida? Garbage. Yeah. But uh, last game we'll touch on. Um, we got Alabama just steamrolling Auburn. I mean. I was an idiot and had Auburn with the points just because it's a rivalry game, but I should have known better. It was at Bryant-Denny. Auburn doesn't win in Bryant-Denny ever. Hey, the Auburn, last time... Auburn's not impressive this year from what I've seen from them. Even, <laughs> even like from the first game against UK, you could tell that they were not as good as they were hopped yeah. up to be. Well, I'm, I'm kind of partially to blame for that as well. I picked Auburn to win the West, and I just I thought that their running game would be able to hide Bo Nix a little bit more than it has. Um, you got Tank Bigsby back there, who's one of the better running backs in all of college football. Little known, little known name, just because he's placed for Auburn, who's not been good. But no, Tank Bigsby is a force, but Bo Nix is just too bad to cover up. Like he's horrible. Mm. How safe do you think it is to say that Bama's going to win the title? Because I think it's pretty safe to say at this point. I don't think it's safe at all. I think if they play Clemson ten times out of like ten times, I think they win six. Like you Clemson, think so? Clemson at least wins four. Oh yeah, Clemson's a very good football team. I think Notre Dame might ah, see. I don't trust Ian Book at all. The difference maker in that Clemson and Alabama matchup is Trevor Lawrence. I mean, it's just mm. it's the best, one of the best college football players of all time. Like of course, yeah, but I just don't feel like that like that Clemson defense is as good as it has been in years past. You know, it's definitely not, but. The running game is also a lot better than it has been in years past. So before, they were pretty one-dimensional. It was basically Trevor Lawrence putting a team in a backpack and carrying them. Now you got Travis Ntn 
definitely going to be the first running back drafted next year. Like he's a force in the passing game, but then he'll also just run your face over. Like I think that's going to be a very good matchup. Honestly, um, I hope that we get that as a title. I know people are starting to get fatigue on that. At worst, yeah. I hope we get it as a playoff game. Do we yeah. think? Well, uh, I don't want to get too much into college football because, like I said, we got leather weather. But we'll give you a little bit of a rundown here. Do you think Ohio State can get into the playoff now with having now another game canceled? So they only have two more games. They're sitting at 4-0 right now. Two more games gets them to 5-0 and or 6-0. Don't, don't they have to play two more to be eligible, eligible. to play in the big – Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they, they have – I think if they win those two, they'll get in. But Well, I then they have think, to play the conference championship. Well, yeah, I think they'll I mean, win the conference championship. I mean, I, I realize Indiana played them close, but like – yeah, but like Indiana's the only really com- real competition because Wisconsin's not as good as people thought. Northwestern dropped one to Michigan State. Like, it's I think it's them and Indiana games that are going to play, and I think they'll win again and they'll probably make it to the playoff as the four seeds. What I'm guessing. I think that's kind of an interesting matchup too because like I, I said this on on Leatherweather last week, there's a scenario where the SEC gets three teams in the playoff, and you want to see true. havoc. Oh yeah, because you got you got Florida and A and M right there at five and six. Yep. So you're telling me you're telling me if Notre Dame beats Clemson again, okay, that that knocks Clemson out. Ohio State has another game canceled. They don't win their conference championship, and they've only played five games. You're telling me that a five uh, team with five games is getting in the playoff? No chance. Mm, no so you're saying, chance. So you're saying in that case it would be Bama, A and M, and Florida all making it in. Right, yeah. So you got basically you got Florida beating Bama in the SEC championship game. So now you have one lost Bama, one lost Florida, one lost Texas A and M, who've all beaten each other. So on aggregate, they're all undefeated. Well, Florida have two losses. They lose to Bama in the in in the the SEC title. No, I'm saying they beat Bama. They beat Bama. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That was yeah. Okay. Plus, now you have now you have two lost Georgia sitting there on the fringe. That like say say Clemson does beat Notre Dame, but Alabama blows out Florida. Does that give then you really got Texas and or A and M and uh, Georgia sitting there battling it out? Like yeah, A and M has one loss and it's to Bama, but now their win looks unimpressive. Like I think that the public draw would be more towards Georgia to get in than it would be for Texas A&M. Like if Texas A&M gets in the playoffs and they play Bama again, it's a, it's a wrap. Like it's a blowout. Yeah, yeah it is. You're right. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see for sure. I'm surprised that A&M's even that high up, honestly. I realize they've only lost one game, but. Uh, the win against Florida is kind of making it seem like yeah. they're better than they are. I don't think that a and is very good, but that win against Florida, because like when they played Bama, that game was not close from the start. Like at least the Georgia game, like Georgia should have probably beat Alabama. They just couldn't close. Like they, Alabama realized that we had a midget at quarterback and they took advantage of it, started swatting balls, getting picks like that against A&M. Like, that game just was never close. From the opening kickoff, Alabama was blowing them out. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's let's move on a little bit. Let's uh, let's jump into our recurring segments. Honestly, I, I do love our Monday recurring segments. These are great. Um, so let's start it off with the good, the bad, and the unlucky. So, cheeky, I will let you start it off. Uh, who was your good for this week? Mm. 
my good for this week was the Tennessee Titans. Um, I mean, the Colts were dealing with a lot of injuries. I mean, we, we, we have to say that. The Colts were dealing with all kinds of things this week, but they still put on a very good performance. That defense, was, which was ranked the best in the league, they put up 45 points on them. Henry ran for, ran for uh, was it three or four scores? Uh, 200 yards almost. So, like, it, it was an impressive performance for the Tennessee Titans. And I think that win against the Colts will unfortunately catapult them into the AFC East uh, crown or AFC South crown. And uh, right now they're the three seed in the, in, in the AFC. So I think they'll be their three or four seed in the AFC when it's said and done. See, I don't, I still think the Colts win that division. Uh, there's just something about them. I, I think that they're going to bounce back. They do have a little bit of an easier schedule to finish the season than the Titans do. I think the Titans will yeah. slip up a couple times. The one thing that's going to be interesting is like, I do think the Texans are going to play spoiler for one of these teams. They both have a matchup against them left. I think the Colts play them twice, right? Yeah, two two times the next three weeks. Yeah, that's that's scary for the Colts because the Texans are my good. Um, this Texans team is not what their record shows. Like they were in a, a lot of one score ball games at the beginning of the season, missed manage opportunities by Bill O'Brien, the trash can with the butt chin, like. This team is a playoff team with a poor record. So, like, people are going to overlook them like the Pats did last week, and they're going to sneak up on them. I mean, they go into Detroit. Now, granted, Detroit's not a good football team, but they were in the playoff hunt. Like, they were still in the hunt for a wild card spot. And on Thanksgiving Day, in front of their families, (laughs) the Texans embarrassed them. Like, I mean, that's one of the more embarrassing games I've ever watched. Like, Deshaun Watson just did absolutely whatever he wanted to, and he's going to do that against almost anybody just because he's Deshaun Watson. He's very good. But what I saw was just embarrassing. Like, they they flat-out embarrassed them. Yeah, they did. In the last two weeks, the Texans have looked good. And honestly, I'm I'm very scared that the Colts will drop one to them these next three weeks. I think that's a, that's a good chance of that happening. Yeah. I, I mean, I... As a Colts fan, like the one thing that you should be a little bit more worried about is not necessarily the, the defense because you had a ton of guys out. Like that's that's the thing that's like gonna get swept under the rug for like a lot of national media and everything. Like they're gonna be like, oh, the Colts look bad, are they frauds? No, they had like five starters out. Like that's gonna happen in in the NFL. Like I don't care who you are, if you're playing five backups, you're not gonna have a lot of success. I understand next man up, but if it's one guy, you can cover that up. If it's two guys, you still could probably cover that up. You're gonna be okay. But five guys, like it's that's mm. tough to overcome. I don't care who you are. Mm. Five guys and your two best uh, D linemen. Yeah, that's not great. Yeah, that that does explain why Henry had the day mm. that he did because he was Autry and Buckner both out. I mean, that's just a killer. Yeah, I mean, the first matchup, you look, Henry still had a decent day, but the first matchup, I think he ran for like 117 yards and no touchdowns, and then this one he runs for like, what, 225 and three touchdowns, and Mm -hmm. really could have been four touchdowns. He had 178 and four. Yeah, that's disgusting. Like, that's absolutely disgusting. Um, I don't know. I... I I still have faith in this Colts team. Is your pessimism uh, kicking in yet? Yeah, it's definitely kicked in. Uh, we needed to win that game bad, but once I saw the injuries, I knew it wasn't looking good. We just got to take care of business going down the stretch here. 
Yeah, I mean that's definitely true. Like you, you definitely are in control of your own, your own destiny. Plus, your margin of victory, I think, was more against them the first time than than theirs the the second. So I think that does give you the tiebreaker. That ain't. I don't think that's how it works. What um, what is the first tiebreaker? Is it it's, head? It's it's head to head. Then right? yeah, 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 and which they have the advantage right now because. They, I think they played five games in the South, and they're four and one. I think, yeah, four and one. And we're 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 one and two. And that loss to the Jaguars could end up killing us too. When it comes to that, that that's the reason I don't think we're going to win because we're basically two games behind them. Yeah, yeah, that sucks. That that does hurt. But uh, no, so yeah, the Texans are my good. Let's move on to your bad. Who was your bad this mm. week? The bad this week was easy. Looking at it. The Las Vegas Raiders. Did oh. you? They got absolutely taken to the woodshed by the Falcons, yeah. and they were. This is the game that the Raiders needed bad. They were. They were in the in the playoff picture in in the AFC, and they came out and got beat forty three to six by the Atlanta Falcons. Got absolute. Their offense got shut out. Well, no one, no, no touchdowns, and uh, the Falcons just killed them in every aspect of the game. The, the Raiders' defense is really going to be their undoing. I mean, they really struggle. Yeah, I mean, that was, for lack of a better term, they got absolutely boat raced against against the Falcons. I mean, I, I couldn't explain that to you in, in a million tries. Like, But Don, to his credit, GTD has been all over this Falcons team. He said, you know, when they beat a good team, I'm not surprised. When they lose to a bad team, I'm not surprised. Because they have maybe one of the most talented rosters in the whole league. They just haven't been able to put it together. And now you look, you know, without Dan Quinn, it's kind of similar to like the Texans. Like without Dan Quinn, they they get rid of that bad apple. And since then, they've been a really good football team. I'm pretty sure since Dan Quinn got fired, they are undefeated against the spread, which like that's really saying something because good teams win, but great teams cover. Like <laughs> that's it's really saying something. I mean, I, I would have picked – if you said – this game is to determine if you win or if you live or die. I would have hammered the Raiders and not thought yeah. twice about it. <laughs> yeah. Not thought twice about it. And then not only did the Raiders lose, to lose in that fashion. I mean, effectively, like that ended the AFC West conversation. Like the AFC West is basically clinched. Like, well, Chiefs, that was already the basically ended won. last week. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the Raiders, some the watch is going to be a big game. In two weeks, the Colts go to Las Vegas, and that will be a big-time game in the AFC for the wild card. I think it is going to be a very big game. That's a good point. That could actually end up determining the succeed. But because because the Steelers and Ravens just got moved, now the Pats uh, – or no, I say the Pats, but now uh, the AFC – well, and the NFC, they both get an extra playoff team. So we might see eight from each conference get in. Eight from each conference. Half the league, cheek, and there would be no buys in that, right? No buys. Yep. 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 No buys. I think that's kind of that's kind of crazy to think about. Like now, now you look at who could get in. Like your first round playoff matchups are kind of spicy. Like as it sits right now, pretty sure the Pats are right on the doorstep of getting in. If they could get that eight seed and play the Steelers, like the Steelers, as good as they are. In the playoffs against New England, like how much success mm. have they had ever? 
against the Pats in the playoffs. Well, the Pats are still two games out. The Pats still got some work to do. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Uh, I mean, they looked really good against the Cardinals. Like, their defense they looked did. phenomenal. I mean, you play against the maybe the best offense in the league, uh, and you held Kyler to that day. Seven fantasy points for the number one fantasy quarterback. Seven points. Their offense really struggled all day. I mean, that's that really is a testament to, to Stephon Gilmore and J.C. Jackson because they were locked up on islands against DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Christian Kirk, respectively. But, dude, I mean, that that's that's something. Pats are a weird squad. They're, they'll, they'll beat the, the Cardinals and the – they beat the Cardinals, the Dolphins, who else they beat that was good? The Ravens. The Ravens. And then they'll lose to the Niners and the Texans. And it's just weird. <laughs> and the Broncos. Yeah. Yeah, and the mean, Broncos. It, yeah, it's so frustrating because, like, the more that you think about this Pats team, like, you can make a very real argument. Like, a lot of their games have come down to the last possession, right? And so you can really make an argument that they should be 8-2 and two or so at worst. I mean, really, seven and three, and they're sitting at five and six. Like, just seems like a really big missed opportunity for the mm-hmm. Pats. But I don't know. Maybe they'll get lucky and get in. I will say, if the Pats do find their way in, obviously, I'm a little bit biased. I don't think you want to play the Patriots in the playoffs if you're a division winner. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's probably the worst wild card draw you can get. Well, that uh, defense is just tough. Yeah. I mean, it's just tough. Well, they're, they're finally starting to come back into form. There was a couple weeks there where they looked horrible. Like, they looked trash against the 49ers. They looked really bad against the Texans last week. And then now it's, like, flip switched. It's like we're ready to go. It does – like, after Thanksgiving is really when you're going to start playing your meaningful football games. So maybe that's it. They just don't care until then. But, like, I hope that's not it because we're going to regret losing some of those games if that's the case. Yep. Yeah. But uh, my bad this week is the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. I don't want to beat the beat the same drum over and over and over again. But you're in the NFC East. You got Andy Dalton back. Who, as it sits right now, Andy Dalton is head and shoulders the best quarterback in that division. Not even close. Not even a conversation. And yet you get destroyed at home on Thanksgiving. By Alex Smith? Mm. What? Mm. It was something to see. I mean, that, that Dallas defense is just, oh, they're so bad. They let Antonio Gibson run for 150 yards, three scores on him. I mean, that's just tough. I mean, and Smith, to, to Smith's credit, he's not played bad. But Dallas has got, has got to be able to there's got to be able to at least keep that game close. I mean, you can't get blown out by the Redskins at home on Thanksgiving. You just can't. It just can't happen. Or the Washington football team, sorry. <laughs> I mean, on, on national TV, in front of your friends and family on Thanksgiving, and you show up and that was your performance? Like, okay, do you think Jerry's having a legit, like, internal monologue right now about firing McCarthy? Because that's a Super Bowl roster. I mean, that roster should win a Super Bowl. Like, there's no no two ways about it. That is a Super Bowl contending roster. I think he should think about it for sure. I mean, it'll be hard, too, with all the stuff that they've had go on this year with the injuries and whatnot. But, I mean, it has not been a good first year for him. But for, but somehow, 
They're still in the hunt for the playoffs. <laughs> I know that's so ugly. That's so ugly. Um, you know who I think is going to win that division and win that division fairly easily. I think the Giants end up winning that division by a couple games. See, I said Washington earlier because looking at our schedules, Washington's got probably the second. It's probably the Cowboys have the easiest, but it's the Cowboys. Then Washington's got the second easiest. But also, I thought the Giants also had a very, very good chance. But their schedule is tougher than Washington's. And with Daniel Jones just going out, they have Colt McCoy as a starting quarterback now. That just didn't. That just doesn't bode well. I don't think. You think Washington has the easiest schedule? So they go to Pittsburgh this week. We'll just call that a loss. Yeah, that's. They could surprise them, but that's probably a loss. Then they have they go to Arizona to play the 49ers. And yeah, I know I said Arizona and the 49ers, but that's because they're not allowed to play in Santa Clara anymore for whatever reason. So the 49ers are ho- hosting their home games now in some hick town in Arizona, whatever. So that what what. 49ers team shows up there because when the 49ers are good, they're scary. Now when they're bad, they're really bad. But you look at the teams that they've beaten this year, uh, they what they beat the Rams the first time they played. They've hung around with the Seahawks, they've hung around with the Cardinals, they beat the brakes off of the Patriots. Like the 49ers are a good football team when they show up. So like that's not an easy win. Then the next week, you have the Seahawks come into Hanover, Maryland. Like even the Seahawks in your own building at FedEx Field, that's not an easy win. Then you have the Panthers, which the Panthers are the Panthers, but they're frisky. Like, that's a frisky mm. football team right there. And then you do have one really easy game. I'll call that a win is Week 17 against the Eagles. Yeah, uh, well, honestly, all the NFC East teams kind of finished tough. But if, if you look at the Giants' last five, it's at Seahawks versus Cardinals versus Browns at Ravens and then Cowboys. Like, that's tougher than the Washington. It just is. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that I think benefits them, though, is like, yeah, the Browns are really good, but their strengths match up very much with the Browns' weaknesses. Like, I think Gallman's going to have a day against that, that <clears throat> Cleveland defense. And conversely, the Giants' defense is very, very good. I think they're going to be able to stifle the Ravens coming off of COVID and the Browns. Like, the Browns, if you can't run the ball in Cleveland, you're not winning. And they might be able – I don't think they're going to shut Chubb and Hunt down because no one does. They'll still get 100 yards for sure. But will they be able to run the ball well enough to protect Baker? Because, dude, we have to talk about Baker's missed throw this week. Did you see that across the middle of the field? Man, yeah, that that was my fantasy guy too was Higgins. He was wide open across the middle. Oh, my gosh. Didn't see him for the longest time. When he finally did see him, he overthrew him. It was so bad. That's one of the worst (laughs) throws I've ever seen in my life. I mean, Russ could make that throw from Shelby Valley. The true freshman could make that throw. Legitimately, he would make that throw 10 times out of 10. I could have made that throw. Well, let's not go that far. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, you definitely could make that throw. That's how awful it was. I mean, that... Like Baker, I I will say I had a tweet uh, about this uh, earlier this morning. He said uh, the Jaguars' defensive line shifted on him right before the snap, and he said, "Oh, that was fucking cute, guys." <laughs> yeah, and he, and I, I quote tweeted, "I said, you know, for someone who's not very good, he is still very entertaining. I will yeah. give him that. He is he entertaining is sure. to watch, but he just is he just is not good. Like you can." I, 
I don't even think you could make the argument. I think it's stone cold fact. He's the weak spot in that roster. Yeah. I mean, that's just a fact. <laughs> I mean, it just is. He's not very good. Do you think that if the Browns had, like, well, obviously if they had Brady, they'd be scary, but, like, really give them anyone else. I mean, I yeah, think they're just scary. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Baker's not the answer there, but, I mean, they're 8-3. and three. Yeah, I mean, winning <laughs> cures all. Winning does cure all. Um, all right, let's jump in. So we both did our bad. Let's let's jump into our unlucky this week. So cheeky, who is your unlucky? Uh, mine is actually the Buccaneers. Um, I know I know you've been trashing the Buccaneers a good amount here lately, um, but they're but I thought they were were on a good pace before they before they played the Rams last last week. And the Rams and Chiefs, that's a that's a tough two game stretch. And looking at their schedule going forward, they got Broncos, Dolphins. No wait, I'm looking at the wrong team. Whoopsie. Uh they have Vikings, Falcons, Lions, and Falcons. That's their last four. And so I think that's four games they should win. So yeah. I think they're they're gonna rebound and they're gonna finish probably eleven and five, ten and six at worst. So I so yeah, they've looked they probably played themselves out of the out of the south obviously but um i think they'll probably end up getting that top wild card in the nfc to be honest so i think they'll be fine and that and, really is like if you if you look at how it goes like if if you're not going to win the division that's the next best case scenario or if you're not going to get the one seed excuse me that's the best case scenario is to yeah because then you're playing you on the play road the against the nfc east. nfc east yeah exactly so like that's that's as good i think Honestly, that might be a better play for him is to get that uh, wild card and then play the NFC because that's as good as a buy. I mean, anything can happen in the playoffs. You're still going to have to take the game seriously. But if you're going to have to play that opening weekend anyway, you're going to have to you're going to be in good shape to do it. What sucks is for the one seeds like now, what's your what's your incentive to get the number one overall seed like just to have home field throughout? Like you don't even get a buy now because they just added the eighth team. Is has that actually been done? Like, oh, uh, has that actually been like confirmed the eighteenth, the eighth team, or is that just being floated around? No, I'm pretty like I'm. That's confirmed since that's this confirmed. game got yeah. Since this game got moved back, it is now official. Eight teams in the playoffs. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think it's gonna it's gonna lead to a lot of chaos. I'm not gonna cry about it because it just means more football. So. I'll take as much as I can get. Oh, yeah. Um, my unlucky this week is not a team. Well, kind of. But in particular, it's Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Because Anthony Lynn is absolutely just ruining <laughs> a championship caliber roster. Yeah. Like, he's horrible. Like, that. Ha- that's maybe the best young core in the league. Like, the Cardinals have a very good young core. The Pats have a very good young core now. The Browns have a good young core. The Colts have a very young core, a good young core. The Bengals have a good young core. But at the top of that list, as far as who has the best roster moving forward that's con- composed or comprised of young talent, it's the Chargers. And mm. if Anthony Lynn is the head coach there, they won't do anything ever because that play call at the end of the game, 
I I've not seen anything worse than that. Well, the Baker throw was horrible, but <laughs> how do you run a QB draw with five seconds left? And then not even that your line doesn't even block. They just, they <laughs> legitimately just pass set and Herbert tries to sneak and he about dies. Like, Hey, he almost got Herbert murdered. Yeah. It's, I definitely think that team should be a lot better than they are. I mean, they shouldn't have, well, they have two wins. They should have more than two wins. Like oh, 100%. But, uh, I think next year they'll be a lot better, but I don't, I think they should get rid of Lynn. Honestly, I don't think they will. I think they should. Um, obviously that, that offense has a ton of weapons. The, the offensive line seems like it's the biggest weakness there. And the defense, obviously the front seven are pretty solid, but, yeah. and they got a lot of guys out in, in, in the secondary which has hurt them. But yeah. I think if they fill those gaps up, they'll be good in the future, and they'll have a probably good dra- a good draft pick next year to help them. But I don't – it's just sad to see how they've uh, how they've been this year with only two wins. Like, no, nobody saw that coming. Well, I mean, a lot of a lot of that has to do with a lot of injuries they had. Like, Derwin James got hurt. Uh, Bosa got hurt. Yeah. No, uh, not Melvin Ingram. Uh, yeah, Melvin Ingram uh, got hurt. Uh, so, that – that really does play a huge part in in their win total, but still, yeah, you're right. No, Anthony Lynn is just outside of Adam Gase. Is he the worst head coach in the league right now since Patricia just got fired? Uh, he, I think he's up there. I mean, I've hated him ever since he trashed Herbert, saying like this guy was a backup for a reason. Talking about Tyrod being better than him, like you're just a clown. Like this man's the only part of your team that's any good at all. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not a fan of him. I think like maybe Marone and Jacksonville's worse, but that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, that's not a great one either. They just fired their GM too in Jacksonville, but didn't fire Marone. I think Marone will be next at the end of the year. I think so too. Someone else just fired their GM. I don't know who it was. Um, I, I know the Lions fired Patricia and their GM Bob Quinn. That yeah. I, or not Bob Quinn. Um. Something Quinn, right? His I think, I think Bob Quinn. Quinn's right. I thought Bob Quinn was the dude's name from he's that's a head coach from Atlanta's name. That was Bob Quinn. Maybe let's look let's look <laughs> it up. Let's let's fact check ourselves real quick. Was it Bob Quinn or was it something else? It was definitely Quinn. It was Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, yeah. Nope, Bob Quinn is the GM. Dan Quinn is the head coach. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if they're brothers. <clears throat> Let's look that up. Bob. I'm going to say no. Dan Quinn. Hmm. No, I don't think that they're brothers. <clears throat> if they are, that's they're both trash. Yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> Um. Okay, so let's let's pose this question real quick. So obviously, we both are, are pretty lucky. We we follow franchises that have very good head coaches. Obviously, you with with Frank Reich and and myself with I don't know the goat Bill Belichick. You ever heard of him? Um. Let's pose this question. Say for some reason they both got fired tomorrow. Okay, and you can't pick the other one. I mean, I would like to have Frank Reich, but you can't pick Belichick. That's not that doesn't count. Uh, 
Who would you want as your head coach moving forward? Mm, I can pick anybody in the league. Yeah. Mm, uh, I think I'd go with Andy Reid. I think that's if a pretty I, decent pick. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if you're going for, like, you want to get a young guy because he'll be able to coach longer, I mean, you could say, like, McVay or Shanahan or something, but uh, I wouldn't even pick Shanahan, actually. I think, yeah, Reed's my pick. Because <laughs> I just think I, he's the best overall coach. So there's two, there's two that I really, really like. Okay. Rob Sala, the defensive coordinator from – the 49ers. Okay. If I'm going yeah. defensive minded, I'm going him. I really like him. Uh, what he's done with, honestly, all of his big names on defense got hurt at the beginning of the year. You look at yeah. Bosa, Solomon Thomas, Richard Sherman, and they still have a top 10 defense. That's insane. I'm sure he'll get a job next year. So that's the first one on my list. And then the second one, and actually it's really one a and one B it's, um, excuse me, Eric, uh, Benito, Enemy, be enemy. Yeah, I can. Bien-Ami. I never pronounce that right. The chief yeah, offensive coordinator. Yeah, I, I like him too. That's who I was gonna say. If he said I couldn't just nab any coach, had to be a guy that didn't have a job already. I would have said yeah. him. I think those are those two are head and shoulders above anyone else competing for a head coaching job. Like I think that those two should be one A and one B on anyone's list, whatever order you put them in. Whatever, those should <laughs> yeah. be your top two. Yeah, and then there's like Joe Brady's also another one that people are going to look at this year. I and do like Joe Brady a lot as well, but I almost like him only as an offensive coordinator. His not having game managing experience scares me. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a fair point. Also, uh, do you think the Pats will bring back your boy now that he just got fired, Patricia? I yeah. hope not. I hope <laughs> not. I I like Patricia and what he did in New England was great, but. I have kind of a sour taste in my mouth because the last game he was uh, a part of in New England was the Nick Foles Super Bowl. Like yeah. he let Nick Foles throw for four fifty on him. Like that that <laughs> that cannot come back. Especially because like one, Steve Belichick is our defensive coordinator. Yeah, like, he doesn't have the title, but like, but he is. Everybody knows he is. He is, and he is the heir apparent. Like, Belichick is grooming him to become the next head coach of New England, and I am here for it. That's why I do not want Patricia to come back because he's going to come back and think that it's his defense, and it's not. It's Steve's. You you can be in the background, and you coach the linebackers, whatever. It is Steve Belichick's defense. Well, let me ask this. Do you think that he will be a defense coordinator somewhere? He should be. Okay. He should be. As you can say whatever you want to about Patricia. He he is very smart when it comes to football. And a lot of those Patriots defenses, especially in the turn of the of the twenty tens, our defenses were very, very bad. Like we had almost no talent on defense. And then our draft picks started to get a little bit older. We got a little bit more talent. Then you look, you know, twenty fourteen defense won the Super Bowl. Twenty sixteen Defense won the Super Bowl. Even 2018 held the Rams. Well, that's a Brian Flores defense at that point, but still, I mean, Patricia's defense was still like there. Like, and I get that it's not like his defense. It's always going to be Belichick's, but still, 
he he definitely had a hand in in some of the stuff that they did. So I am grateful for what he did while he was in New England, but I just I don't want him back. Mm, that's fair. You can miss something and not want it back. The only reason I wouldn't mind if he came back is just because he looks like me. Like, <laughs> that's it. That's it. He does. Um, I mean, speaking of the Lions, I mean, that division is now kind of, I mean, you're, you're, we're getting to the point where that division's about wrapped up. Do you think that the Bears still have an outside shot to catch them, to catch the Packers? Yeah, or? You've always known how I feel about the Bears this year. I mean, I think it was, I think the game last night just uh, sealed their fate. So Mitch looked bad again. Mitch is clearly not the answer. Who knows where he's going to be next year? He's not going to be on the Bears. I, well, do you think he starts? I don't think there's a job out there for him. Like, I don't well, he's, he's well, well, he's going to he's going to be a free agent. I think he was going to think he's going to sign a backup deal. And uh, I guess the Bears will have to ride. I don't. Uh, do they have? The, I don't even think they have Foles signed for next year. I don't know what the Bears are going to do a quarterback. Is basically the Bears, what I'm saying. Yeah, the Bears do have Foles signed for next year. He signed like okay. a three-year deal with them. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. I think the Bears' defense is still good, but like on offense, they can do nothing. I think Nagy's. I think they should get rid of Nagy. That might be a hot take, but I'm not a not a huge fan of him. I don't think that's very hot at all. And actually. I could see – so we were just talking about Patricia. I could see him going to Chicago and being a defensive coordinator under their next head coach. I think they would probably um, – correct me if I'm wrong, Pagano is still yeah. in Chicago yeah. right now. Yeah, I could see Pagano elevating to the head coaching job there and then bringing Patricia on just to kind of stir the – not necessarily stir the pot, that's the wrong word, but to kind of like solidify that defensive stronghold because – one great defensive mind is fine. Two great defensive minds being able to go back and forth with each other and bounce ideas off each other. I think that could help them out, actually. So I think that'd be interesting. Yeah, well, yeah. But then who who would they bring in as the offensive coordinator there? Because that offense it's would gotta be It's got to be somebody horrible. that's going to turn them around. I mean, I don't know who they could even bring in, honestly. <laughs> like, it had to be somebody that knows their stuff to turn that offense around because, like, Nagy was this big offensive guy. And like, and he just—it's been awful since he's been there. You know what they should do? Okay, hear me out. This is what the Bears should do. I think this would be disgusting. So elevate Pagano to head coach. Like I said, like Pagano was very good in Indy for a long time. Like the only reason he really was was fired was because um, they wanted to clear house and give uh, what, what's their GM's name? Not not Ballard. Ballard. Oh, Ballard is the GM now. Ballard I always get Grigson and, and Ballard mixed up. But it wanted to give Ballard a fresh slate and get his guy in there. And granted, he did he made the right decision. Frank Reich's very good head coach. I, I agree with that higher 100 percent But I think that Pagano is just as good. So I think Pagano as a head coach in Chicago makes sense. Elevate him to head coach, fire Nagy, bring in Joe Brady speak of the devil, as offensive coordinator, okay? You saw what he was able to do with, with Burrow last year and really what he's done with Teddy Bridgewater this year. Like, they've they've really turned that offense around with not like Robbie Anderson as their best offensive player right now since McCaffrey's been hurt, Like, mm. and they're still putting up decent numbers. So bring Joe Brady in as the offensive coordinator, and Pagano should just give him the reins. Everything that we do on offense is your call. That's you. 
then bring Patricia in as kind of that duo defensive coordinator and solidify the defensive side of the ball. Because in that division, if you're not able to play defense and play defense really extremely well, you're not winning games. Yeah. I don't I do like that idea a lot, but I don't know if Joe Brady would do it. He's in Carolina right now. And I just think Carolina's got much more to work with on, on like the offensive side of the ball. They got CMC, Bridgewater's better than QB they have there. And they got Robbie and Curtis Samuel and uh, DJ Moore. I mean, that's just a lot more to work with, I feel like. I don't but feel like you he'd do that. Look, not to cut you off, but you also have to look at, in Carolina, what's their ceiling? Maybe the hardest division in all of football with you know the Falcons, who, yeah, they've underperformed. But again, a Super Bowl contending roster that just was hindered by Quinn uh, as the head coach. Then you got Tampa. I don't know. Ever heard of them? Just maybe still top five in the NFL going through a rough streak right now. And then the saints who even without drew Brees, are still putting people to sleep, like knocking them out. So what's their ceiling in Carolina? Whereas if you go to Chicago with Pagano as the head coach, and now you're calling the plays there, who do you have to beat? Green Bay's defense isn't all that impressive. Minnesota is definitely on the downturn because Zimmer is not going to be there forever. Like that team, I mean, Granted, Minnesota looks a lot better. We'll get into that in a second. And then the Lions, the Lions stink. So, like, <laughs> yeah. that I think it is just way more opportunity for wins if you go to Chicago than if you stay in Carolina. Especially, like, if I don't think he's going to get a head coaching opportunity anytime soon. So why not put yourself in a better, like, opportunity to get a head coaching job, you know? Yeah, I definitely think they just need to get some better personnel, though, and I almost think they have to draft a quarterback. <laughs> I don't like I don't like Foles. When you do, I know. So I do like Foles. I like Foles a lot. I, I think it's less Foles and more Nagy. Like his offense didn't work with Trubisky. Didn't work with Foles. At some point, it's not the quarterbacks. It's just your poopy offense. So, um, yeah. but no. Speaking speaking of the Vikings, they got a they got a big big come from behind win. They did, yeah. I mean that was that was huge for them. Now sneakily, they are still on the hunt for that division. Like they could make a play at the Packers uh, to win that division. Like that's uh, that's crazy to think about, considering they started what zero and four. They were one and five. That's crazy. Gross. Yeah, that's yeah. Gross. They're definitely still in play for the wild card too. Like they're a game out, and they played Tampa in two weeks, and Tampa's got a bye, and they play the Jets next week. I think. So, like, yeah. that game will be for the wild card spot, potentially. Like, like the Vikings are definitely still in it. Uh, I do I do like what they've been doing the last, uh, last, like, month. Yeah. I mean, if we look at the NFC, I mean, there really isn't a terrible team outside of the NFC East. Like, every team in the NFC East is the worst team in any other division. Like, the worst team in any other division is the lions at four and seven. And if you lined up the lions against the, the Eagles or the Cowboys, they win going away. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's, it's definitely interesting to see the, yeah, the NFC, I feel like top to bottom is, is pretty good, but the AFC is just incredibly top heavy. They have like, eight teams in the AFC that are like seven wins and then the rest of them are trash. It's kind of weird. Yeah. 
Well, I think the top two teams in every division are very good, and then even some some divisions, like the AFC East has three teams that I think could compete. The AFC North has three teams that could compete. The AFC South only has two, and the AFC West only has really one because the, Ra- the Raiders look like frauds. But I don't know. Mm. I, I definitely – yeah, it's definitely top-heavy. The playoff picture right now is – Kind of, yeah, dude. The playoff picture for the for the AFC is wild. The Ravens right now sit at the eight seed, and they would play the Steelers in the first round. <laughs> I'm sure they, I'm sure they want that. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure the Steelers don't want that. Like <laughs> the Steelers, right now well, the think- Steelers are either playing the Ravens or the Pats as the eight seed and that's I don't like really know who you do want to play though, if you're the Steelers. like who do you want to play do you if you're because if you're not playing the ravens you're playing the dolphins or the browns or the colts perhaps i mean like it's just not fun rather play the dolphins or the browns than any of those other three the colts the ravens or the pats would be worst case scenario for the steelers uh, as the one seed because then not only do you get a buy you're like very worried about losing to the eight seed like that whoever it is out of those three presumably those are the three that would be there for the eight seed i don't i think they all could beat the steelers in heinz field especially with no fans like pittsburgh's beatable yeah, but um, speaking of the Steelers, that game actually. So we we touched on it a little bit. That game did get moved. Um, so that does create that that eighth seed in the playoffs for both conferences. Did it get moved to Wednesday? Wednesday, yeah. Um, we do have to talk about this game a little bit. So I was an idiot and had money on the Broncos, but I put in my ticket before I knew that the Broncos weren't going to have a quarterback. <laughs> Like, you, you've been putting money on the Broncos all year long. And I don't think that's worked out that well for you. <laughs> I'm plus money on the Broncos this year, actually. But this week did hurt. I mean, they only completed one pass. And I, the NFL absolutely screwed the Broncos this week. Can we just... <laughs> they did. They, like, that's ridiculous. They had to start the... What's his, what was his name? I probably couldn't even tell his name. I don't know. He completed, he completed one pass for 13 yards and threw two picks on nine attempts. <laughs> That's not That's great. Crazy. That is. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, they were just one dimensional the whole day. So let's. I mean, this is the last game of the slate this week since the the Ravens got pushed back. What what do you think happens tonight? Um. I mean, do you think the Eagles have a chance against the Seahawks? I don't really. Um, I think the Seahawks will win very easily. But, I mean, I could see the Eagles, like, you know, maybe coming out and be like, we got to win this game. Everybody's counting us out. Everybody's saying we're not going to win the East anymore. And they come out maybe play a good game or something. Wentz, Wentz has one of those games where he, where he looks like he's decent. And then next week he'll go back to throwing three picks. Like, it's. <laughs> that's just how it is, but like I definitely think the Seahawks will win. And if the Seahawks win this week, I mean they have control of the uh, of the West, of the like West, especially yeah. especially with the Rams lost to the Niners this week, which was disgusting, yeah. by the way. I'm telling you, like that that I think that the Rams <laughs> the Rams got swept by the Niners this year. I'm almost positive. <clears throat> Let's go back. I and believe they might have. 
Let's see. So they just beat um Yeah, the 49ers swept the Rams this year. That's crazy. That's pretty crazy. That is crazy. I mean, the 49ers remaining schedule isn't it's not I don't think they have a chance to get in the playoffs with the remaining schedule. They got the Bills this week, then the football team, then the Cowboys. So really two two very winnable games there. But then you got the Cardinals in Arizona and then the Seahawks at Levi Stadium, uh, presumably if they're allowed to have games back there. So like, I feel like they basically got to win out in order to have a chance, which they have all their offense pretty much healthy now, which definitely you could just tell how much of a difference that made. Even oh, with Nick yeah. Mullins in there, like Debo had a great game and Moster came in again and he looked good as well. So yeah. they definitely are better than they were the last few weeks for sure. Oh, one hundred percent. I don't think they're make, I don't think they're able to play themselves in at this point, though. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's let's hit our last recurring segment before we wrap things up. It is time to look back at one take that we had for the past week, where we were stupid, and that is time for your stupid. You stupid. They're not. What's nine plus ten? So cheeky, you start us off. What's one thing you said last week you wish you could take back? Mm. Well, I didn't give any picks or anything last week, but I'll tell you what would have been on my card. We just talked about it, actually. It was Rams minus five and a half against Niners. I'd have taken that all day. I'd have put that on the card. And they come out and they lose the game, which is just awful. And, uh, yeah, I, <clears throat> nothing else really that surprising happened this week, I wouldn't say. But that was definitely one where I was like, the Rams can't, can't be affording to lose that game. No, I mean, that, that really did. I mean, it didn't, like, destroy their playoff chances, but it definitely made it a little bit warmer. Like, it definitely I, destroyed their chance of winning the West, for sure. Like, oh, 100%. Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they have a chance to win. Because now, like, you fall back below the Cardinals, or even with the Cardinals. Well, uh, the Cardinals are 6-5. and five. They're actually still a game ahead of them. But oh, now you're going to – if the Seahawks win the ninth, you'll be a game behind them. Yeah, and the Seahawks, I mean, they do have some problems defensively, but it seems like the past couple of weeks their defense has been playing a lot better. So maybe they're starting to get – maybe not to the Legion of Boom uh, level of defensive production, but uh, a defense that you can win with when Russell Wilson is your quarterback. So, you know, that's that's something scary for, for teams yeah. in the NFC. Um, my stupid is exactly what we just talked about. The Denver Broncos. <laughs> I had the Broncos at plus. Well, it could have been plus twenty six, and I still don't win the game. So <laughs> that's not great. In my defense, <clears throat> I did put that on my card before I knew that they weren't able to have any quarterback on their roster play. Not even their three that they carry or their practice squad. Literally, no quarterback. Yeah, they literally had four, and they they had they had, they had to make them all out because they all were in contact with. Was it Rippin the one who had COVID? No, Jeff Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll, but it was yeah, it was Rippin. It was the other. It, it was the, those other three also came in contact with him, so they couldn't play any of them. Yeah, but none of them even tested positive, which is stupid. Like, yeah, I know. Driscoll's the only one that tested positive. The other three haven't tested positive once. That's crazy. Yeah, they're being real careful with. It. I mean, 
Just like just like Thielen this week for the Vikings, he didn't test positive, positive once. He still to sit out. Like it's it's crazy. That's stupid, but yeah, that is why I was stupid this week. Um, <laughs> but uh, that'll about wrap us up. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Make sure you guys tune in uh, later in the week for our preview show. Make sure you tune in to Leather Weather. Get all your college football needs. Uh, interact with the socials. I put out memes and stuff. Score updates on uh, on, on Twitter and, and Instagram. Um, and uh, no, you got anything else to add? I do not. Alrighty, guys. As always, we are presented by the Townsend Bar and Grill, your one-stop shop for great food, great prices, and one of the great times there all the time. But uh, with that, we will catch you next time. Peace. Peace. Get a good feeling, yeah. Get a feeling that I never, 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 never had before. No, no, I get a good feeling.